always, I'm your host, Big Money Matt. With me tonight is Little Money Ben. We are the Choir Boys. Uh, we're just going to come up with different uh, team names for every single two-man troop on here. Um, it's been a rough week. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for it to be Saturday. What's a weekend? Ah, see. That's what you get. You have today off. I have to work today. <laughs> I would trade that today. Actually, probably not. I got a lot of work done today. But we're not here to talk about work. We're here to talk about some pro wrestling. We've had a lot that's happened uh, since we've last been on here. Originally, we were supposed to be on Monday, but unfortunately, we had a lot of issues that prevented us from getting there. Cast-wise, just once again, this week kicking our ass. But uh, we are going to save a lot of revolution for a separate video that will come to YouTube. Uh, and potentially Twitch if that's uh, how we decide to restream it. But, um, man, okay, here is your very quick recap of Revolution. Very good, very bad ending. <laughs> yes. Uh, they've tried and come out and saved it a couple of different ways. Some I like, some I don't. Uh, the one that sticks out majorly in my mind that I don't really like is them trying to pass it off as they must have gotten that from Impact. I'm not going to lie to you. I really laughed at that just because Don Callis working with Impact. Like, it was just a quick way to be like, ha. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I'll, I'll say this real quick. I'm going to interrupt you one more time. I apologize. Another reason why I do like that is, uh, as, as we're going to talk about here later, we're going to have a title for title match between AEW and Impact coming up here very, very soon at a pay per view. Yeah. So I think continuing those uh, digging the trenches there, build the war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, I'm not a huge fan of you know the whole gotcha kind of stuff that people have been talking about, where it's you know Kenny Bean. It was a joke to see how you would react. Uh, I said I didn't really want that. There was one other thing I said I didn't want and I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to be honest with you. They're doing everything they can to save this. Yes. Um, uh, and, and to their credit, they've done the best they probably could with it. I yeah. don't know what you could have done. Uh, just come out and say, you know, the pyrotechnics fucked up. Yeah, at the same time, that doesn't build the story. You can't build a story off that. I mean, I see your argument there. And uh, there's no way around that. You gotta have some kind of story element for why it happened. Yeah. Um, we'll get more into the reasons that AEW gave why it didn't happen when we get to AEW review here. Uh quick shout outs here. Uh shout out to uh she's not Renee Young, but Renee Young, formerly known as Renee Young in WWE, wife of John Moxley. Renee Paquette, I feel like Paquette. I'm Paquette, there we go. I I suck with names that are not English. I'm bad. I apologize, guys. Doesn't help when I'm congested. Uh, congratulations to her. She just became a United States citizen. That's real cool. Nice. Um, I know she's been pushing for it for a while, so that's really cool. You don't see a whole lot of that recently. Yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers with the family of Becky Lynch. Uh, her her father just passed away. Not, not as happy of a note. Um, Yeah, thoughts and prayers, man. That that is rough. Yes. Um, let's talk some lighthearted stuff here, and by that I mean let's make fun of WWE for five minutes to make each other laugh on this one. Yeah. 
So uh, it came out last week, and we didn't really talk too much about it on the air because there were there were more important things to talk about at the time. But WWE has a new thing that's banned. You're not allowed to do this anymore, and it will, you'll be fined for it, all right? And it is the infamous, controversial leg slap. Put that thing away. <laughs> I'm just trying to make our show a little sexier, that's all. Uh, you might be doing the opposite. I don't know, Matt. The crowd seems to be loving it. Uh, I, I will wait for Mike DeShazo's comment <laughs> on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've banned the leg slap. And I gotta tell you, this is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, a lot of people attribute it to super kicks and everything like that. And, I mean, Ricochet is, I think, pretty bad about it. He'll just be like, huh! Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but a lot of other wrestlers do it where it's not even noticeable. And, uh, I mean, yeah. this is thing someone has been around for years, decades now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to wrestling TikTok. Uh, there's an independent wrestler, uh, Mikey O'Shea, and uh, one of his series has recently been picking up is the fact that now he's calling out WWE leg slaps. Uh, and one of them was super obvious in the Orton match this week. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Orton's pretty obvious with it. Um, Shawn Michaels actually came out and talked about it recently. I'm going to read uh, verbatim here. Clearly, I look back and I go, okay, I did it. I just did one. I'm always off the cloth. I can remember when I started people telling, uh, telling me too fast, too much, too this, and there's a balance there. Uh, they're right in some aspects, and at the same time, the business also evolves and changes. Football isn't played the same. Basketball isn't played the same, so I don't know. I'm somebody that embraces those changes. I feel like somewhere in the middle and balance uh, is so important. I appreciate the style of today. I appreciate the athleticism of the performers or of today. Are they perfect? No, but neither were we. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This just seems like additional micromanaging. Uh, I could see it as something where maybe you're trying to back off a little bit during the COVID era here because there is no fans to cover up the noise. As much as they try to pipe in, you, you still don't cover up things that are being said in the ring. You're still not covering up people who are miked in elimination chambers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let these guys work. They're trained professionals. I, it's never been something where I've been like, oh, that leg slap got me out of wrestling. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's just so extra. It, it's very extra. I don't understand why it's something they banned. Uh, I don't remember if I saw it online or one of us said it in our group chat or we talked about it on the podcast. Uh, the leg slap amplifies the wrestling. The kick. Yeah. Uh, because it's showing, you know, this kick actually connected and is powerful. It uh, is. It just seems like we're trying to do too much to take over in ring work. And uh, I've always felt this way in that the more we micromanage the in-ring work, the less these talented... I mean, look, we rag on WWE for as much as we want. They are some of the most talented wrestlers in the world today. Mm -hmm. Um, Say what you want about Seth Rollins when he is on. He is one of the top five best workers in the world. Yeah, uh, it's just been so long. I think it's pretty easy to take away from that with some of his antics lately outside yeah. of the outside of the ring. But yeah, uh, again, like 
I understand banning moves, banning certain spots. Hell, I even understand them not wanting to say, we're wrestling, we're sports entertainment. Because those kind of can, you know, change how people perceive and understand and look at things. And with how big of a spotlight the WWE has, and again, we always talk about that 18 to 49 demographic. Yeah. I'm sure WWE kills in that, you know, 5 to 18 demographic when... Like you and I first started watching wrestling, and we're like, we're gonna do all of the moves. Yeah. Well, on top of that, during that time when we when it was us, there there was really no major competition for us to really stand yeah. with. WCW had just died out. Impact was still in the very early days. Yeah. There's no real big things for us, but it just feels like yeah. What's the uh, point? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Is you know, I understand banning, you know pile drivers, moves that result in wrestlers landing on the backs of their necks. Yeah. Those hurt people, and if you're not trained, you can die. This is a leg slap that's not hurting anybody. I don't understand why this got banned. Like I said, I just feel like it's additional micromanaging. Um, And speaking of potential micromanaging, uh, WWE has reportedly Brought back, um, oh my God, John Laurinaitis. Yeah. Um, to a very mixed reaction. Um, from my understanding, this is the guy who was very big on divas. And, you know, look, it's not necessarily how well they work. It's how well they present on camera. Um, which, obviously, in this day and age, like not... both. Yeah. That's Listen. my thing. We're not going back to the eras of bras and bra and panty matches, John. Yeah, and, and a lot of people pointed this out. I know uh, Sam Driver on Cultaholic said it. Um, man, this guy was one of the lead guys for talent and everything uh, in that 2011 era where a lot of people started to tune out of the show. Yeah. So it's very concerning that uh, all of a sudden he's back in the fold. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be one of those things where I'm gonna sit here and wait and see what happens. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a, like this is kind of a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back scenario. I also just feel like he's a fall guy at this point. Yeah. Um, we saw it with Eric Bischoff, and we saw it with uh, not necessarily Paul Heyman, but we did see it with Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. You know, WWE has a way of creating guys who will eat the fall when things are not going well. Yeah, um, and it just screams that to me. Maybe I am a little off on that, but that's just what it it, it seems like, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm big on proving me wrong. <laughs> uh, up next here, we have a quick little update on Fastlane coming up. All right, uh, right now we only have two matches for it, and I believe. Let me real quick here. Uh, Ben, you know when our match when when Fastlane is? I'm pulling it up. Uh, March 21st, I believe. Oh my God! So we are two weeks away from this thing. Yeah. Um. No, that's right because the NWA show is at four o'clock that day because it it doesn't want to compete with. Yeah. Yeah. WWE. Yes. Excellent. So right now we only have two matches uh, set for that. It is Shayna 
Uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And we have Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, I know you were saying it looks like there's probably going to be a last man standing match between Drew and Sheamus. Yeah, uh, that'll probably be a match. The Miz will probably get one more shot just to waste time. I agree with that one. Um, uh, the last man standing match is going to be for the number one contendership as well. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, with how the match ended on Monday between Sheamus and uh, McIntyre, it makes sense going to a last man standing. Uh, no DQ match. Ran into each other with the steel steps, had their head in the V. Collided the steps and then... Double concussion. <laughs> that When they replayed it, I'm like, holy cow, Sheamus just got concussed. And I hate saying it, but, like, that's not necessarily a spot where you go, like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, is he actually injured spot? Well, it's not, like, yes, but it's not, like, a visually impressive spot to see, you yeah. know? Because it's just two guys running at each other blind. Yeah. Listen, like, if we wanted to watch that, we could go to our local Renaissance Fair and watch jousting. Shoot, I could just go to work. <laughs> oh. That was bad. I really hope no one from work watched that or heard that. Hey, Sarah. Love you. Uh, so, uh, I also am kind of speculating we'll see uh, Matt Rill defend the title here against Mustafa Ali. Yeah. I think that's kind of something they're pushing. Um, mm-hmm. Ali, I believe, is still working hurt, which is impressive in, in my opinion. But he put out there on Twitter a week or two ago. Uh, yeah. that he's trying to work through an injury. Yeah, I think we're getting a Charlotte match versus somebody. I don't remember who it is. I would tell you it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes Charlotte versus Peyton Royce. I think it might be Peyton. And that's just kind of filling in and for, you know, let's get Charlotte to Mania where she can face Asuka. I got to tell you, um, I've always been a big fan of Peyton Royce, obviously. We talked about it on the show before. Uh, the promo she cut on Raw Talk. Why? Okay, we got to get these promos that are happening on the post-show, on the television, on regular <laughs> TV. Because this made Peyton Royce look like a star. Um, and, and once again, just let them talk from the heart. Uh, scripted promos have obviously been proven to not be effective, in my opinion. Depending on the wrestler. Some guys need a script. I I, I will thousand percent agree with that but i think yeah. the vast majority of wrestlers at the point where they get to the wwe where they've run through nxt they've come through promo classes let them try let them try peyton royce speaking from the heart here on raw talk had me like at, at four in the morning when i woke up going oh this is it and peyton versus oscar let's do it let's do this right now yeah um i'm sure it doesn't help her that her husband is in a different company and I'm sure that might be a grudge held against her. I hope not, but it's possible. Um, especially considering she's not in the same kind of role that Adam Cole is, uh, where he can probably get away with it, as weird as that sounds. Um, but on top of it, Peyton Royce, they have not... They, they've pretty much fumbled the ball with her since splitting the Iconics, I feel. Um, she had a really good showing at Survivor Series. Uh, she had those those uh, two great spots. I believe she eliminated Bailey, which should have been huge, but they kind of rushed to 
Peyton's elimination. Um, I just feel like there's some opportunities that we've had to make her bigger, but we haven't capitalized on them. Yeah. Um, and I would like to see them do that because she's honestly she's pretty good in ring. I'm pretty content watching Peyton Royce in ring work. Yeah. There's not a lot of women at this day and age who aren't great in ring because let's be real it's not hey you're good looking let's bring you in yeah thanks john laurinitis <laughs> yeah uh call back there I know, uh, and, right come full circle yeah and now it's very much like a we want to see what you have because mm-hmm. now we're, hell 15 years ago we weren't getting shotsies uh, I don't know. Maybe we've gotten Shotzi's, but Shotzi would not be able to do what Shotzi's doing. Yeah. You <laughs> would be coming out in a tank. <laughs> yes. But that's kind of what I'm saying is like, you know, she would have been stripped down and be like, your name is Shotzi Blackheart? No, we're going to change that. It's they just might even like, leave it, but hey, you're a stripper now. Exactly. Have fun in the Attitude Era. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's been it's been real negative here. Uh, we are gonna move a little further ahead here with our next spot. We're gonna take a quick little stop here at Impact. Uh, Ace Austin versus Chris Bay had a pretty phenomenal match on Impact. I highly recommend everybody go and watch it. Uh, but the big thing I really want to point out this week is it's confirmed. It is going to be Rich Swan versus Moose, title for title. And the winner of that match will go on to the main event of Rebellion uh, in the title for title match to face Kenny Omega. Um, now, we've been on this belt collector Kenny thing for a while now. We were predicting it the second they had Don Callis and Impact as the big thing. Uh, we've just kind of been counting down. And, and for one, I'll say I'm surprised they didn't jump the gun on this. Uh, I would have figured they would have quickly put the belt on Kenny in Impact as well. But I kind of like the fact that they waited until his stuff with Moxley's kind of over. Um, yeah. Now, what concerns me is this is all lining up pretty well with Dave Meltzer's, uh, I guess, spoilers or or results that have been seen. And I got to tell you, if it is what Dave Meltzer reported, I will be quite sour. (laughs) Although I think to a degree, Impact may have put themselves in a corner on this one. Because, A, Moose should be the world champion. He is the main event guy in Impact for me. I think he is the guy. He might be uh, young enough here where you want to keep him around to build the company around. We all know his contract situation, though, was potentially up this summer. Um, I can't see Moose winning just to immediately drop it to Kenny. Yeah. And I don't see Kenny losing this match at Rebellion. It's it's a weird thing, because Rebellion's TNA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's their April pay-per-view. Yeah. It's weird, because you want your, you know, show to look strong. I think... For the most part, Impact recognizes that Kenny Omega is a bigger name than anyone they have on roster. Yeah. And like I say that with no slight towards Impact's roster, but who's it's it's Kenny Omega. There's only so many names outside of the E that are that world well uh, worldwide known. Yeah. 
Um, at the same time, though, I do not want to see Rich Swan beat Moose clean. <laughs> I'm hoping, and maybe this is... Matt, who do you hate more on the TNA roster? Eddie Edwards or Rich Swan? Oh, Rich Swan. <laughs> I think that's actually a pretty easy one for me to answer. And here's my thing. I, I actually just thought about this, and maybe this is a spoiler to the fact that we have sacrifice predictions coming up this weekend. Sacrifice this weekend. Hey, guys. Watch some Impact. you ready for the pay-per-view this weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just thought about this. Kenny Omega maybe causes an interference in the main event so that Rich Swan wins. Because he's an easier opponent to defeat. An easier opponent to beat. And then maybe uh, Scott Demore makes it a triple threat and they don't take the title off of Moose. And maybe that way you can still have Moose be in that big main event spot. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is also a way where we get John Moxley over to Impact or someone main event caliber because Impact can't have two guys in the main event and AEW only have one. For fairness sake, you know? So, yeah. a lot of ways we could do this. I almost feel like that triple threat way would be the best answer so Kenny can still pin Rich Swan and collect all the belts and Moose still looks pretty safe in it. Yeah. That's just my thoughts there. Yeah. Rambled there. Sacrifice this weekend. I, I hope everyone's pretty excited. Um, it should be a pretty fun show. There's a lot of matches there that I think have a lot of good potential. But, I will. Save that for the prediction show this weekend. Uh, hey, shout out to Kevin Patrick, who joined WWE as well. He's a backstage guy. He actually was the person who interviewed Peyton Royce. I forgot to say that earlier. Yeah. So there's that for news. Uh, all right. Let's go NXT. Uh, because, oh, geez. I'm going to bury this first part here, and there's one other part I'm not going to be happy with. But I think overall, though, I was pretty content with NXT this week. Yeah, it wasn't a bad show. Uh, I think NXT, kind of the big looming part of NXT, overshadows all of what happened this week. Arguably, wait, which big looming part were you referring to? Women's tag titles. That's right where we start off here. So, uh, we do have. NXT Women's Tag Champions. This was announced. This has been speculated for a while here. Um, I don't think a whole lot of us were asking for it. Um, I, I think this was you saying this. I don't think there's really a brand right now that's not all women a la Stardom or uh, God, I'm sorry, I'm blanking, but the company which Maki Ito and Ryo Mizunami and who are currently working with AEW work for. Yeah, there there is not really an an intergender roster that can really substantially hold a women's tag title. You could potentially do it with WWE, but you don't have any tag teams there. Yeah, uh, uh I want to pull up the women's Dusty Cup teams real quick. Okay, well, uh, you're doing that. You want me to go through what happened here with this? Yeah. So we get to the start of NXT and. Uh, William Regal's in the ring, uh, who brings out Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and essentially says that uh, there was an injustice last week, and he is sick and tired of waiting for others to make decisions for him. So NXT uh, has made the decision that they're going to have 
the new NXT Women's Tag Champions, and they just they reveal the belts and they handed them to Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Now, yeah. my frustration with this, I don't have an issue with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez being the champions, um, but William Regal specifically, uh, geez, maybe two three years ago now, maybe maybe longer, but I want to say it was twenty eighteen. Um, said that no one gets handed a title in NXT. You have to earn it when talking about the NXT North American title. And man, all I could think about was the hypocrisy of this. Maybe this is just me. Yeah, that was all I could think about. Is they just handed them the belts. Yeah. Uh, so North American Championship was established March seventh, twenty eighteen. So it's been about three years. Boom. Uh. So I have the teams pulled up for the uh, Women's Dusty Cup. Yeah. Uh, Cora Jade versus Gigi Dolan. That's Dillon. Priscilla Kelly. What? Priscilla Kelly. And um, yeah. he was, I want to say, Elena Jade, but these are obviously their new WWE names. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, nobody who's debuted, but a thrown-together tag team. The way, okay. I'll count them as a tag team, even though they're kind of not, kind of are. I mean, it's stable. I could buy it. Yeah, I buy that one. Uh, Ember and Shotzi, again, they're both, you know, darker, oh. like, characteristics. Um, they were They were pretty thrown together, but yeah. to their credit, they have done a really good job of making this an official tag team thing. Yes. Similar yeah. to the bar. I'll give them that. Yes. They were a thrown together tag team at the time. Yes. Uh, Maria or Marina Shafir and Zoe Stark thrown together. Which I don't know why we didn't have uh, um, Jessamine Dukes there. We looked it up. I think she's injured. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. They've been pushing them as a tag team, but again, that's just random people who were thrown together. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm thrown together. Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea uh, thrown together. And then Dakota, Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez, who are basically, you know, very similar to MJF and Wardlow, where it's Raquel Gonzalez is more of the bodyguard. I would have went HBK Diesel. <laughs> yeah, that's a better comparison. That's also a comparison. Uh, so it's like, I get why they're a tag team, but it's two singles people who would do better as single stars, but as a tag team. Well, uh, I'm I'm down with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as a team. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a major thing moving forward uh, because, spoiler alert, we're just going to cut right to it here. They lose the belts the very first night to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Ember Moon becomes the first... Uh, wrestler in NXT to hold both the women's singles and women's tag titles um, because you know so many options there um, but yeah they just dropped the belts the same nights they were handed them it all felt very thrown together and we could have done this on uh, NXT TakeOver is going to be two nights you could have done this match on night one, and we have the official Io Shirai challenging Raquel Gonzalez for takeover. You could have done this match on night two 
of TakeOver. Yeah. That pushed the theory that Raquel Gonzalez could be double champ. Yeah. And even even if we go that route and we still have that match, it almost comes across as like, I, I don't know, we didn't need to push it this soon, you know? Yes. Uh, I feel the same way. Or if you're going to have the tag titles, have them be at, announced at Vengeance Day. Don't say, we're going to give you a shot at the women's tag titles. Yeah, just just hey, winner winner gets these. You get the trophy, but you also are the champions. Yeah. Uh, Other better ways to do this. Yeah. Uh the best option is just to keep it as it is because you already don't have a women's tag division. And those belts are supposed to come to NXT anyway, so why are we not Yeah. Those are supposed to be, you know, tri branded? Yeah. Across all brands. Yeah. But... Defended. <laughs> I mean, they are defended across all brands, but you only... S- you see it... How many times have we seen those the tag belts on NXT? Maybe five max, if that. I was going to say three times. Yeah, I'm thinking like two to three for sure. I want to tell you, Bailey and Banks did it both times that they were champions. Yeah. And Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax here. <laughs> Yeah, and then if you want to count when they came out on TakeOver. Did they come out of TakeOver? No, they didn't. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Uh, So, yeah, just better ways to do this. Yeah. It it felt like we needed to have something to have something because AEW was coming off the pay-per-view. Yeah. That may not have been the reality of it. Maybe this was planned for weeks ahead of time. But this, this could have been done better. Yes. We can do better. Bronson Reed versus L.A. Knight. Let me talk to you. Uh, I'm actually really into that. L.A. Knight, I think, is going to pick up a big win there next week here, um, which <sighs> I'm kind of sad. I love Bronson Reed. That dude, I, I wish they got, they gave him more time here. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, – or I didn't really know Eli Drake as a wrestler. I kind of just from what we've said. Uh, and I've really just watched L.A. Knight's promos. He's a man, good guy. Man, that guy has charisma. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that he was already let go by the WWE before? Yeah. Like, yeah. As someone who hasn't seen a whole lot of him, Ben, I cannot recommend enough. Go back and watch a lot of his promos, especially in Impact. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I think one of my favorite ones, he has had a dummy button. <laughs> dummy! <laughs> uh, it was great. L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, fantastic. Pete Dunne beat Jake Atlas, then said he's still the best technical wrestler in the world. Uh, he likes to see someone come and prove him wrong. So, I'm trying to think who the hell that could be for TakeOver. Maybe we'll get some answers next week, but I can't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now. Not, I can't think of anybody who could uh, pull. Um, I did not realize he was Deuce. From Deuce and Domino. What? Eli Drake. Was he not Deuce from Deuce and Domino? I'm just looking at his ring names right now. And I'm like, Deuce. Unless that was Deuce and Domino Deuce. No, this was after. Okay. I'm wrong. Hey. I'm I'm being an idiot. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think he was Deuce and Domino. <laughs> um... God, now I'm looking up who Deuce is. <laughs> he was Deuce Shade. 
James Wiley Smith, Thomas Ryher, Snooker. Oh, Deuce was Snooker's son. That's right. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's uh something I forgot. Oh wow. Well, wow. when everybody just goes by one name, I'm like, he was Sim Snooker. Yeah. And and Domino was uh, Cliff Compton. Yeah. I knew Cliff Compton because I knew he's been wrestling on the Indies a lot lately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I have no idea on who, on who Pete Dunne face, faces though. Um, yeah, I jokingly said uh, Zach Saber Jr. I know that's not going to happen. Oh, there's no way. There's no way that happens. I jokingly said that just because it's like, who else is like a top tier technical wrestler that WWE, unless they have somebody in the back who I'm not thinking about. Kushida. Yeah. Maybe they actually let Kushida wrestle technical style instead of just brawling. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. That'd, that'd be a match I'd pay for. Yeah. Um, Imperium offers a spot to Thatcher and Champa. Um, Champa pretty much denies, but we don't really get an answer from Champ, uh, Thatcher here. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we are getting more of a promo between Leon Ruff addressing uh, Swerve. So they're going to face off again next week, I believe. Yeah. Um, where I told you women's titles change. Uh, Zia Lee defeats Caden Carter via DQ and Casey Catanzaro makes the save with a crutch. Now, this was also, this is my other thing that I had an issue with on NXT. Is we're pushing that Zia Lee's a badass here. Don't make her like step off and like, please, no, don't hit me with the crutch. Yeah. After you just like broke her leg last week. I know it's not an actual broken leg, but like, don't do that. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, Jordan Devlin's coming to NXT next week. I imagine we are going to see uh, an official NXT Cruiserweight Championship match here. Yeah. Excuse me, him and uh, Santos Escobar. Um, Legado del Fantasma defeated Grizzled Young Vets with a little surprise from MSK dressed as the astronauts and not Brizengo. So hopefully this means MSK is going to be good to go for their title match at TakeOver. But maybe we're going to see a rematch between them and Grizzled Young Vets. I think uh, best case scenario here, I said earlier in the group chat, Fatal 4-Way Ladder Match. Yeah. UIV, MSK, uh, Fantasma del Legado, Lorcan and Birch. Let them have fun. Yeah. Um, and, and tell me that does not sound like potential match of the night there. That, that's, that's up there. Um, Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. Finn Balor retains. Um, now, it's clean. But there's also the argument that Adam Cole was distracted by Kyle O'Reilly, who showed up at ringside. Um, he got caught. He got hit with a 1916 on the outside and then dropped with a coup de grace. Coup de grace. Yeah. Uh, and when Kyle O'Reilly takes off the uh, armband for Undisputed Era, when Adam Cole goes to low blow him and then beats the hell out of each other. Uh, and the show ends with Finn Balor looking over his shoulder and going, what took you so long? And there's carrying cross. So Balor cross at, at takeover. That should be a lot of fun. I think that that, that is a match I am looking forward to. Um, a lot of people have been saying they hope we get uh, the demon Balor for that one. 
Um, I think that'd be a good spot for it. I, yeah. I think it, it's not necessarily necessary because I really like what we're doing as the prince. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that would actually be pretty cool, especially considering with how cinem- I won't say cinematic, but with how much production goes into both style entrances for the demon and carrying cross. Yeah. It'll be pretty cool. I always love when Finn does the demon. He hasn't done it since. I want to tell you. It's like 20. It's been a while. It's when he faced. Uh, it was the demon versus the, the fiend. Uh. I don't know if the demon actually faced the fiend. It was it was something that was set up to be like the demon versus something. I don't remember who it was. Uh, it was his last match on the main roster. Uh but that was like that's the last time he came out for or, or came out as the demon. So it's been a while. Um so you know what? I'm not seeing anything here on it being him versus the demon. I almost want to tell you maybe it was when uh he beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania for the IC title. Uh the following night Balor was assaulted by the fiend after his match. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's I remember they booked it as, you know, the Fiend versus somebody, and I just, I'm not remembering what it was. So. Well, I know they had a match where he did not come out as the Fiend, and Finn Balor got demolished because it yeah. was uh, as the, the Demon, because it was Bray Wyatt's the Fiend's first match. Yeah. Um, and he just ripped him to shreds. Yeah. He ripped him to shreds. All right, AEW time. Uh, show opens up with Ray Phoenix uh, with Pac versus Matt Jackson with Nick, with Nick Jackson. Uh, Ray Phoenix gets the win here. This was a really fun match. Um, and they said on commentary, but man, uh, Matt Jackson does not get the same amount of love that Nick Jackson gets for, <laughs> for just being really good in ring. Matt Jackson had a, a pretty good showing here. I mean, it's Ray Phoenix. He makes everyone look good. But still, um, I thought this was a really fun match. Uh, they're going to talk about their their tag title match that's coming up here. I imagine that's going to be an in-between pay-per-view here because we're seeing SCU in the stands watching. They are the number one ranked tag team right now. They've been picking up a lot of wins on Dark. I know with Elevation starting uh, this coming week, I'm sure they're going to pick up even more. Um, Up next, we go to John Moxley and Eddie Kingston sitting in front of a fire with drinks in hands. Uh, Eddie Kingston says, uh, look, he's going to tell you his explanation. He doesn't really care if you laugh at him. If you think it's funny, if you think it's weak, it's whatever. But he's telling you what it is. This is for the people who care. Um, he was fully expecting a big explosion, and the reason he stayed down after what happened was simply his anxiety creeping in, and a panic attack hit him. He said it was the first time he's felt something like that since he was arrested and headed to jail. Uh, he said, uh, make fun of all you want, but that's the truth. I thought it was him waiting for his court sentence is what he said, for well, his hearing. It he was, was already in jail. jail. But they were telling him that, like, oh, we're going to send you to Rikers. Yeah. No, nah, like So so it's saying, like, it was it was the same level of anxiety and panic that he had when he thought he was getting put away for good. Yeah. Um, John Moxley now takes the time to make fun of Kenny Omega, asks if uh, when the bomb came in, did it say Acme on the side of it? Uh, which was real funny. That got me. That popped me last night. 
Yeah. Um, he says Omega was the better man, but you know he's happy to have his old drinking buddy back. They both agree that they want to see a bigger explosion, uh, but Moxley tells Omega and the Good Brothers, "If you're gonna flash a weapon, you better use it." Yeah. Once again, there's only so many answers you can do here when there's a big pyrotech issue. From reports that have come out, there was a third party pyro team licensed for this, and uh, they apparently did not care as much when things did not go off the way they were supposed to, according to Fightful and then confirmed by Dave Meltzer, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I think most of us were sitting here going like, yeah, that had to have been a botch on somewhere, but here and there was a third party uh, as well. Like, ugh. Yeah. Hearing it was a third party definitely hurts. Uh, that probably for me would have been, you know, the way to go for me is just, you know, hey, the people who rigged it up, just something happened. I would almost say let Kenny come out with a mic and be like, this is why you got to do things your own way. You hire these thugs to do things the right way and they yes. can't do it right. That would be the only other way they could have done it. I kind of like how they're taking this one personally, but that is like yeah. the only other way. That for me is... I think the best way to go with it is just say, you know, we messed up. We hired the wrong people. When you don't do it yourself, you don't get it done the right way. Um, so I think there's plenty of opportunities they can continue to rectify this, but yeah. they, they keep giving a lot of things out there. Kenny gives kind of a different variation later. Uh, but moving forward, Cody Rhodes defeats Seth Gargas uh, very quickly to a figure four. And he gets uh, getting interviewed by Tony Skivo here at the uh, right after the match, and he is interrupted by Penta L Zero M, who's sitting at the Spanish commentary table, who brings Alex Abrahantes over as his translator. Penta says he's a thousand times better than Rhodes, and if Cody is the prince of wrestling, he is the lord of lucha libre. Penta says Cody is lucky he didn't focus on his shoulder more in the latter match at Revolution because Cody otherwise would not be able to pick up his newborn baby girl. Fireworks, not the sparklers that we saw at the end of Revolution, but fire. Cody goes off. We see a big old brawl. They get separated. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited. Cody versus Penta sounds like a fantastic match. I'm very happy to see Penta do some singles work stuff. Yes, I love Penta's work. I know people love Cody. I get he's a great storyteller in ring. For me, his in ring style just does not get it done for me. It feels very slow. It feels methodical. It feels like he kind of wrestles the same match most of the time. That is a blazing hot take I completely disagree with. Again, it's my opinion. I don't expect you to agree with it. I I don't know how you could say that after watching all of his matches. But whatever. (laughs) Uh, We have a little backstage segment. This was kind of a blah moment here. Chuck Taylor says uh, the feud hits him and Orange Cassidy in arcade. They say the feud's going on for too long between them, but Taylor offers up, how about one more match? If they lose, he'll be Miro's butler forever. Uh, he also offered up Orange, had a good idea to put arcade games around the ring so they can put their heads into each of them. Uh, Orange Cassidy then finishes the segment saying that then we'll break you. So I really hope we're not going to see an arcade room brawl. <laughs> Here's the issue with this. This match should not be happening, in my opinion. It should have just ended at Revolution. I'm with you there. 
Um, unless this is where we see the separation and turn of Miro and Kip. Yeah. At some point, we need to, I think, do that. If, if we're not going to push them as a tag team, and I don't think we can, there's too many tag teams, time to cut the cord. Yeah. Uh, also, I hope these are actual arcade cabinets and not that piece of cardboard that Miro gave Kip for his wedding gift. I mean, that thing blew up pretty good. <laughs> Would you say it blew up better than the exploding barbed wire death match? No, because the actual barbed wire death match was good. The finale, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we were set up to have an interview with Sting. Sting gets interrupted by Lance Archer here. And Lance Archer says he doesn't need to win a ladder match to be the face of the revolution. Uh, he does, if he doesn't get his time, he will take more than time. Uh, Tony Scott says that's fine, but this is currently Sting's time. Archer stares at them for a moment before going back. Okay. Bye, Stinger, Robert says as they head back. So we're kind of getting a hint that Lance Archer, Jake Roberts versus Sting here. Um, this is where you got to have Sting have somebody. Because it ain't Sting can't go over Lance Archer. Sting cannot go over Lance Archer. I can, I can accept him pinning Ricky Starks. I know that's a controversial opinion here, but Sting, A, probably shouldn't lose his debut match. Let's just be real here. Um, he wasn't going to get pinned in that match for me anyway. But Archer, too big of a star in my opinion. Listen, if he's going to pin Ricky Starks, who easily could be your like, number two heel in like five to ten years, that's the perfect rub for him is let him pin a legend the caliber of Sting. Uh, Wait, Sting. Ricky what? Tony Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Starks. Starks. He got pinned by Sting. Yeah, I'm saying if you let him pin Sting in that ma- match. Eh, I don't know. I don't think that's necessary. Ricky Starks yeah. got to get over. He can lose. Oh, I don't disagree with you. Uh, that's also part of me just, you know, how much can, you know, Team Taz as a team lose? Ricky Starks, I think, is someone who can who can lose, but his charisma is gonna go over. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and talk about all the times that Rock lost before he became, you know, the main eventer here. But yeah, it, it's not gonna matter. Ricky Starks is that kind of charisma to me. Yeah, no, I I agree. I just feel like that would have been a perfect kind of like, hey, look what I can do. Um, spot. Uh, but Sting here, cannot beat Lance Archer. Agreed. That can't. That cannot happen. Yeah. Um. I'm very curious to see where we go with this. I also don't see how Sting can compete in a match with Lance Archer. Yeah, that's another thing. They were like, "We're gonna protect Sting to the greatest fulfillment. We're gonna." And once again, to their credit, they have. Yes, they but, have. Like, a match with Lance Archer ain't it. <laughs> Sting ain't taking a blackout. <laughs> no, I don't think. Sting takes 90% of the stuff Lance Archer gives him. I mean, a man ate, is 62, Matt. I mean, look, he ate a he ate a Brian Cage powerbomb, but I'm sure there was a little extra padding on that under that shirt for him. Yeah. But still, like, nah, not Lance Archer. Yeah. Moving forward here, we get a little backstage interview with QT Marshall, uh, trying to hype up Lee Johnson here. Uh, QT Marshall did have a little heelish segment there on, on Sunday. 
He eliminated himself from the tag team battle royale after kind of saying, you know what, you know, screw off, Dustin Rhodes. Um, and he says, look, the emotions got the best of him. He's going to work it out with Rhodes. But right now, this is all about Lee Johnson and his match with all ego, Ethan Page. And God, this is a fun match. But I got to tell you, I had to go back and watch it on YouTube because TNT screwed up and played the backdrop music from the NBA games during this. Yeah, uh, we were talking about it in the group chat. You especially were asking, like, is it just me? Uh, It was on TNT's end. Yeah, it is on TNT. It was not on Fight TV. It was not for any of the UK or uh, overseas, anyone who's watching it live there. It was specifically TNT in America. Yeah. Which, like, man, what a shit week for AEW for this. Yeah. This week was not the week for AEW. Uh, In terms of some production issues, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matches, fantastic. But, again, AEW, it has great work. Uh, I think TNT's, even though it's been, we're pushing, what, October 2019, we're pushing a year and a half now on TV. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, uh, they're still trying to figure out some things about, you know, timing, TV spots, tech issues on the television side of things. Yeah. And uh, which I feel like we kind of said, you know, it's going to take them a well, year, is, year and a half, two years. This is an unfortunate thing because this isn't like, this isn't like the botched pyro ending at Revolution. You know, AEW had no control over this. What sucks is that it's going to come down on them. A lot yeah. of people are going to take it as another shot on them. Again, I have, I will be the first person to admit I am not the biggest of AEW fans. I think they do some things a little ridiculous for me. Uh, but also, I think AEW does a lot of stuff right. I think the match rate is incredible. Uh, for me, it's more of kind of the outside of the match stuff. Uh, and this, for me, isn't something I'm putting on AEW. Yeah, uh, this is a lot of people can. Yeah, this is something. It happened in this is backstage of you know the TNT building in Titan, not Titans Tower. That's WWE. Yeah. Um. This is this is something that's happening in Atlanta. That yeah, they have so, no control over. Yeah. This is at like the I want to say Ted Turner Building in Atlanta, where TNT is based. Yeah. Uh. So I have no issue, you know. Now, JW's credit, they did. Uh, as soon as Dar- uh, as soon as AEW went off the air, they had the match available, all 15 minutes of it up on YouTube. That's nice. I've noticed that every time that there is something like this, they're quick to put it out there so everyone can go and watch it. Yeah. Uh, Tony Khan addressed it on Twitter. He put it out there like, hey, look, you know, hey, you know, thank you, TNT Drama, for fixing this problem. You know, we, you know, it's always on the job, and we appreciate you guys doing it. For everyone who was watching and couldn't see or, or had trouble watching with the background noise, the match yeah. will be up on YouTube. Thank you guys very much for staying with us. Up next, here's this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but this match was good. This match was really good. Lee Johnson looked real good. Uh, of course, Ollie Go Ethan Page gets the win here. He hits the Ego's Edge. It's the Razor's Edge style powerbomb, um, which I'm about. I was not expecting him to be using that as his finish here, but it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and then we have kind of a beatdown on Lee Johnson. 
And QT Marshall doesn't come in the ring to help. In fact, he starts walking away, and Dustin Rhodes comes out to help. Uh, I got to tell you, I am actually super in on this QT Marshall heel turn. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my one question is, like, you just saw QT Marshall turn on the Nightmare family at Revolution. Why are you going out with there with him, Lee Johnson? No, so he didn't turn on the whole family. That was the whole thing that he was talking about. Like, he had an emotional moment, you know, and look, he didn't attack him. He just, I can't, I'm out. So it wasn't like the full turn at, at Revolution, but it was yeah. the, the seeds, the hints. Yeah. Stem back to a couple weeks ago when Lee Johnson picked up the first win. Yeah. Johnson didn't credit QT as his trainer. Um, okay. And you know what? Uh, QT Marshall had a match on Dark this week where Nick Camarado came out with him. And when they initially signed Nick Camarado to Nightmare Family, I was sitting here going like, this guy doesn't exactly fit the mold of Nightmare Family. That's kind of confusing. Um, but really, I'm thinking we've talked about Bullet Club Civil War, Nightmare Family Civil War, I think is coming. Yeah. And it'll be Dustin versus QT, I think, at first, but QT is going to split the roster, split the Nightmare Family in half. Yeah. I don't know what we end up calling them. Maybe this is NWO Black or Wolfpack or whatever. Yeah. Um, I like it, though. I know Cody has talked about studying uh, Bruno San Martino versus Larry Zabisco, which is a, a legendary rivalry of the guy who trained and, and the student who got a little too big for his britches. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you're around, I can't get my shot. You know, this can be kind of reversed in terms of uh, QT saying, you guys never gave me the credit. Yeah. So, and, and uh, man, the guy does not have the most stellar look in the world. He's not a world beater in that terms, but he is a really good throwback style wrestler. Um, so I definitely think he fits that mold as well. Very yeah. excited to see what this builds. Yes. Um, Marvez shows up and talks with Hangman on his lawnmower. Everyone from the Dark Order except for five jump on to go get ice cream. Five isn't allowed due to the weight limit because he's left behind. Oh. Kind of funny. Um, now I feel bad for five. But speaking of ice cream, tonight's show brought to you by Magnum Bars, your favorite ice cream and mine. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Listen, Matt, we got bills to pay. I mean, I got bills to pay. I, I I don't know, man. Maybe if people were to jump onto that, Kofi PWO slash one two three slash PWO one two three. Oh God, this the sickness has changed me. Matt, are you down with the sickness? <sighs> Currently, yeah, the science infection. So uh, Skivo is back up. He's gonna have an interview with the newest signee to AEW, Christian Cage. Uh, but of course, Omega's sweeper gal show up. And Tony's real confused. Omega's music hits, and he strolls out with uh, Don Cass and the Good Brothers. And essentially, they, they throw some shots at Christian Cage. Uh, but, you know, Omega, the king of the death match, shows up. Don Callis says everything went according to plan. Omega corrects him, saying not quite everything. But uh, Callis says, you know, they took a lot of the blame about what happened, but he won't confirm or deny if they were involved. He will admit they were happy to take away the fans' happiness and something they wanted to see, including Mox not winning the title. So Omega takes the mic and says it would have been fun to see Moxley vaporized in the ring, but beating and embarrassing him is just as good. He says it was the cherry on top for Moxley's childhood friend to show up protective, to show and protective and dry hump him 
as four sparklers shot out from the ring post. Kingston walks out to the ring, and Callis, uh, you know, talks about Kingston's time and impact. But, you know, he saw the talent, he saw the toughness. But why did he have to fire Eddie? He's done the same thing he's done in impact his entire life. When he's so close to success, he finds a way to screw it up. So they give uh, Eddie Kingston 10 seconds to get the hell out of the ring. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, so this description of this, they, they have the 10-second countdown to get out, and Omega's making fun of, of the bomb and everything. And this description says they asked Don Callis to north-south him. Um, <laughs> Which is not what happened. Kenny Omega said, 69 me, bro. <laughs> or oh, 69 no. me, Don. Uh, which, God, I can't tell you the last time I heard anyone mention 69ing on a wrestling show <laughs> on on <laughs> free television. <laughs> um, I'm sure that annoyed some people. But I laughed my little immature ass off. Um, so, he, they get up. Omega's laughing at him. He says, look, Eddie, you get one punch. See what happens if he does. Moxley does – or not Moxley, I'm sorry. Kingston does knock Omega off his feet. Good Brothers come out – or not come out, but they start swinging away. Moxley joins, and they start fighting. Omega's still in the ring. Christian Cage's music hits and walks out as Omega's left alone in the ring. They go to shake hands. or well, Omega, you know um, – when Christian denies, Omega goes for the punch. Christian ducks and sets up for the I'm prettier. Uh, Don Callis pulls Omega out of the ring. Christian is now holding the AEW championship as Callis keeps Omega on the floor. Christian finally gives the title one long look before dropping it in hand to the back. So it looks like Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega will probably be at, I think, the next pay-per-view. I think we'll probably stop at Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega on, along the way. Yes. Uh... I wish we would have gotten the unprettier. I thought it was good to tease it, but not show it. Yeah, I can. I see both sides. I wish we could have gotten it so it kind of establishes Krishna is he's not here to just mess around. He's here to actually, you know. Yeah, the fact that he hasn't said a word yet is pretty interesting. I know they're pushing the whole like he he's not saying anything, but he's by not saying anything, he's saying a whole lot. It's kind of like ah, I get it. I see what you're saying. It's uh, speak softly and carry a big stick mentality. Um, not necessarily that, but like speak with your actions, not your words. Yeah. Um, so doing a whole lot of that. I like the fact that you don't have the champ take the finish here. Uh, if you did it to Carl Anderson or Doc Gallows, okay, I'm I'm down with okay. that. But protect the champ. Protect the champ, even if he just said '69 me, Don. <laughs> uh, up next, we have. Uh, Britt Baker, Maki Ito, and Nyla Rose with Vic Guerrero versus Ryo Mizunami, Thunder Rosa, and Hikaru Shida. This was fun. Uh, Maki Ito continues singing her song despite the fact that there's a brawl going in the middle of the ring. She just keeps doing her whole failed failed idol bit. Um, she does also talk about post show that like you know she was not getting the same kind of love in Japan that she's gotten in America, which I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> Um, Jaffa Files. Nah, I just think her bit is really funny. I think I think it is something that caters to a lot of AEW fans, and that like it's something that is openly not serious. Don't yeah, laugh at it. Yeah, 
Um, that being said, she's got to work on those mic shots to the head because those were not good. <laughs> I like Maki Ito. She is our deity of words I can't say on the show. Uh, but thanks, uh, Jim Cornette, for, for that nickname for her. <laughs> Thunder Rosa, Ryu Mizunami, and Hikaru Shida win via pinfall. And they beat up Thunder Rosa. And or actually, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Revolution here. Um, Baker does crack Rosa across the back. Rosa's partners are held back as Baker chokes out Rosa. Uh, Vicky and Rebel also get in on the beatdown. Um, yeah. This is a fine match. Ryu Mizunami is really good in the ring, but God, I wish she did less um, performance when she does her corner attack because she does the whole like. Uh, I'm gonna dance this way, and dance this way, and now I'm gonna do the running attack, and it's like oh, okay. I was sitting there like, okay, Mikey, you know, it's time to move. <laughs> uh, Jeff says that's kind of like one of his downfalls of AEW. Is it feels very overly performed at times. Well, that one, that one, the, like that's supposed to be overly performed. But that is definitely more of a comedic Japanese style wrestling. Yeah. Like, you see that in a lot of like DDT um, where they yeah. do those kinds of spots. Um, yeah. And Ryo Mizunami, once again, very good in ring. She's great oh, yeah. match against Hikaru Shida on Sunday. Fantastic. Arguably one of the better matches of the night. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> this is just something that kind of stuck in my craw and I was like, okay. Move on now. Yeah. Uh, we get the announcement that uh, Matt Hardy has brought in more. He assigned someone new to the Matt Hardy Empire. And he's brought in the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Uh, so they're going to team up with Private Party next week to destroy uh, the Dark Order on uh, Elevation. Okay. Um, that was interesting. Now, my one thing is I wish they did do a little bit more here to show that Eddie Kingston and the rest of the family are done. They kind of hinted at it at the end of Revolution when they kind of were like, yeah, screw this, and left him. Yeah. Um, but have a little bit more there. Have have I mentioned in the promo at the beginning of the show? Yeah. Uh, I have no issue with AEW just kind of letting the family fall to the wayside so everybody else can do their own thing. Uh, maybe in a little bit of time, try and have a little bit of a reunion and say, listen, We've all done the own thing. We kind of just let this die out. Let's come back together. Let's kick some ass. Let's go get what we deserve. Well, I'll say this. Butcher and Blade have been consistently booked as, you know, fighters for hire. Yeah. Great spot for them. They they started with MJF. Then they joined the family. Now they're fighting for Matt Hardy. Yeah. You know, it's whoever has the money. Whoever's going to get them mm -hmm. together. Yeah, I have no so issue. Like yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, I just wish there was a little bit more telling of the separation of the two. Fair enough. Um, Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky kicks his ass this entire match. Um, and Scorpio Sky looks for a TKO, but ends up getting rolled up with an inside cradle. Loses, and Scorpio Sky snaps. Much to my joy, Scorpio Sky has turned heel. He's realizing what he can do with his own hands. And like he locked in a heel hook and tried to break the ankle. I was all about this. Let's go. It's time. Yes. Scorpio Sky is fantastic. I really thought he was going to win the belt here. 
But if him losing is going to be the heel turn that leads to him eventually winning the belt, which I think it will, I'm all about this. Yeah. Um, I was also very surprised at how quickly they separated Darby Allen and Sting. Yeah, it felt very unceremonious. I don't want to say unceremonious, but I feel like it was just not even mentioned. So, like, maybe they're going to come out together next week. Yeah. But. Yeah, we'll see how this progresses if they if they just were like, well, we've done our thing. Let's go do our own thing. Or if it's very much, you know, let's just let it die where it stands. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. We get the match line for next week. I'll tell you that here in a minute. But it is time for our final segment of the night is the Inner Circle War Council. Yeah, uh, War as, Council. As called by Jeff Hall on on Revolution. Literally in the middle of watching it, Chris Jericho is cutting his promo, and, and Jeff goes, oh, look, we're going to get another uh, Inner Circle uh, town hall meeting. <laughs> it was like, War Council. You're like, ha! Ha! That's great. Uh, but we get the hints here that MJF is going to kick out Chris Jericho. Uh, something that a lot of us were predicting from the start that MJF was going to replace him. So we get a lot of fun stuff there, and, and we've been speculating it for a while now. So um, Sammy Guevara comes out in the middle of this. Everyone's out there for the Inner Circle except for Wardlow, who I don't think is ever officially a member of the Inner Circle. He's just still the hired guy by MJF. I thought it was Wardlow and MJF got to join the Inner Circle. It was MJF, but Wardlow kind of came along as the muscle because he okay. was hired by MJF. Yeah. MJF's contract to him. So we've already hinted also at Wardlow separating at some point, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon now. Um, so they're at the War Council and they're talking about this. And Chris Jericho says, maybe we need to introduce a new member. But MJF cuts him off and says, with all due respect, I don't think we need to add someone, but maybe it's time to let someone go. Sammy Guevara's music hits. Jericho is kind of giving Guevara the like, well, look who's here. He's saying, look, Jericho, I don't care what you think about me. Just watch this video. I, for everything we've been through, just watch this. And it's uh, PMP, uh, Hager, and MJF talking about now. Tonight's the night to cut the head of the snake to kick out Chris Jericho. And uh, MJF being Spotify goes, all right, well, get them, boys. And they start crawling up, and they start coming up to take and attack Sammy Guevara and Jericho. And they all turn around to face MJF. Jericho brings up the point, what, you think we don't talk weekly? You, you don't think we talk every day? Which, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. But, like, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I feel like I've I've brought this up before with other wrestling promotions where it's like, you think they'd tell them about that or like they'd go back and watch the show or something, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this is one of the first times we've actually openly acknowledged this. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're a team. We <laughs> do this. Um, and they're getting ready to beat the hell out of MJF and MJF. Look, guys, just just don't don't kick me out of the team. I I, I don't want to take over the group. He's like fake crawling, crying, and he just goes. Because I was too busy building my own. He smiles and the lights go out. Lights come back on. It's FTR, Tully Blanchard, Warlow, and Sean Spears behind the inner circle. And all hell breaks loose. Sean Spears whacks Sammy Guevara with a chair, obviously bringing back his time as the uh, chairman. And curb stomps him into the chair. 
Dax Harwood smacks a bottle of the bubbly over Ortiz's head. Uh, MJF just sits on the turnbuckle and watches as Santana Ortiz to get handcuffed. Uh, Wardlow is beating up Chris Jericho. Santana Ortiz gets spiked pile driver while handcuffed by FDR from uh, Tully Blanchard as he comes off the top rope. Uh, MJF smacks Jericho in the head with a dynamite diamond ring. Inner circle is pretty much just taken out. Uh, Wardlow puts Jericho up at the top and gives him that like falling knee that I love so much and I feel like I never see enough of it anymore. Um, they carry Chris Jericho up to the top of the ramp and Wardlow power bombs him from the top through a table on the bottom and then you just get them staring down you do get the hint of commentary look Wardlow is the guy we're talking about MJF now but just you wait saying this forever Mm -hmm. Wardlow is the guy Um, man this was huge honestly um It was a very good swerve because there are so many fake reports of Nick Aldis coming and being a part of the Horsemen, and you know MJF is gonna take over the Air Circle. There's so many conversations about Jericho getting one more run as a babyface here. Uh, they did a really good job of, of setting all these swerves out before setting up this big spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, rating numbers did not do well. They did better than NXT, but they're still in like seven, five, seventy, seven hundred fifty. The they only beat them by like fifty-two or fifty-three thousand. Yeah, so proving so revolution definitely hurt them, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I I am very curious to see what the YouTube number looks like for this in a week. Um, like by this time next week for for Dynamite. Uh, I don't think it'll be anything out of the ordinary for them. I don't think it'll be, like, a super viral hit. I'm not saying super viral, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's slightly higher than everything else. I feel like a lot of people missed out on this show. Um, just do the ratings numbers. Yeah. And uh, with how big of a moment this is, I th- I think it will pick up some steam. I don't disagree with you. Uh, it, it'll, I think it'll be a little higher than normal, but I don't think it's going to be as high as you think it is. You just agreed with me that it'd be a little higher than everything. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're making it sound like you think it's going to be like a lot higher than no. Their I just said I think it's going to be higher than the rest of their stuff. Okay, I, I would expect that. Like in yeah. terms of uh, traffic in about a week of their videos. Yeah. I would not be surprised if this is more watched than everything else within a week. Okay. Okay. I get what you're saying now. Yes, I agree with that. I I, thought you were saying kind of like how much of a view everything else gets. It's going to be like a ton higher than that. No, I just think in general, because of how many people missed this show for, for the ratings, like just looking at the ratings number. Yes. I would not be surprised if a lot of people go and find this spot on YouTube. Yes. And watch it since they missed it. I think this is a pretty big thing that happened. Yes, I agree with you. I was confused. That's on You're me. Good. You're good. Um, I- I'm very interested to see what, what happens here moving forward. There's I think we all are. Uh, man, I was talking about other spots for it. This might be your blood and guts match. Yeah. Um, uh, I think we've fantasy booked, and I think as a group, we have fantasy booked 16 different blood and guts matches. Oh, I'm sure. But I think this one could be the best one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying any of them would be bad. 
I'm, I'm interested to see if they ever bring that idea back, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure who they choose to, to be in that match. I'm sure it's got everything to do with how many fans they can get in the building. That was the whole reason they canceled it was because they couldn't have any fans. fans yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that match was supposed to happen. A year ago. Oh, my God, yeah. Because it was this time last year that everything went crazy. Uh, Biden was on TV as we were coming on live, saying, doing like a one-year kind of press conference. You said his name, so I have to remind him. Hey, Joe. El Presidente, Secret Service, whoever's on our uh, call here talking to us. I know you signed that bill. Uh, now, look, you're about two months late, and I'm sure you're aware of how capitalism works. Interest rates. So, it's a little bit more than 1400 Joe, give me my money. That's all today for the public, or for uh, the politics conversation. Run me my money, Joe. So, with that, guys, oh, God, you know what? And, and this is a project I'm going to have to work towards because we haven't talked about it before. I'm, I'm saying it for the very first time. Man, uh, I might have to get some people together here and talk about the year in review of COVID era wrestling. I feel like that could be real interesting to point out here and, and look at some things. We're going to have to go back to that. Overall, though, I think this is a really good episode of AEW. Obviously, they had the blaring issue with the sound from TNT. Uh, once again, AEW does the best they can of turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Um, to the best of their abilities, at least. Uh, but I thought it was a very entertaining show. I, I don't know who won in terms of which show was better. Um, just because, I, I don't know, these are two very different shows, in my opinion, between this one and NXT. You had a lot of new things uh, build up this one, whereas we're getting to a lot of closing stories over in NXT. So it's very hard to compare the shows this week, in my opinion. Um, but was very happy. A lot of good wrestling this week. I was very happy with that. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched the barbed wire death match, I highly recommend it. It was actually a really fun match. Uh, just don't expect an explosion at the end. You know? Maybe uh, it expired and ended early. That's all. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. There it is. Oh, God. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Oh, man. Kyle's not here for me to tell you guys about the plug. So, guys, if you can, check out our YouTube channel, Podcast World Order. You can see incredible, incredible work here. You can see uh, the Twitch channels. We got links to that. Uh, more content coming there as well. If you really like what you hear here, and I hope you do if you've stuck around this long, you can support us putting on these wonderful shows, our prediction shows, ref bumps, quick counts, uh, creative control potentially if we can get it back. I like the idea of creative control. Maybe a couple of new concepts we talked about. Maybe a year in review of COVID. Uh, for wrestling, for wrestling alone, we're only going to talk wrestling in terms of COVID. Don't do this to us. <laughs> we're already getting demonetized for saying the C word. So, if you can support us for that, we appreciate it. And you can do that by going to kofi.com slash pwo123. It's as easy as 123. And for the small price of a cup of coffee, you can help us put on these wonderful shows. Guys, that's the Matt, you forget, you're forgetting one thing. Tonight's sponsor, Mac, or, uh, Magnum ice cream bars. They're your favorite ice cream and mine. Uh, when they pay me, I'll say that. You gotta pay me. All about that money. Paper planes, MIA. That's a whole nother reference there. Guys, things are off the rails. We'll see you Monday, hopefully, if we can get all together and I can stop dying from the sickness. So, this has been uh, Little Money Ben, Big Money Matt, Choir Boys. We'll see you guys on Monday. 
Goodbye. Good night. Bang.